Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. Welcome back, HFFL. Week one is in the books. Uh, we're going to do a couple little just pod here, a couple little segments. Not really necessarily a pod, just some segments here. I'm going to have one. Uh, Rich is going to have one. And Walt Baby Love is going to have a little segment here. So I'm going to go over the week one results. I'll do a little quick and dirty fab review and then break down uh, each of the matchups here for week one. So for my lock of the week last week, um, I did not do a segment. So it was a little, you're going to kind of have to take me at my word here. I did make my picks, but um, my lock of the week was Jeff over Corey. Uh, we all pissed it, picked it and we all almost missed it. Um, Corey really had a shot there. There was a couple big plays that could have gone either way, but uh, Corey was not able to pull it out. But big win there for Jeff. Um, and then my upset of the week was Mike over Brendan. Um, I think Mike and I were actually the only two to even pick him over Brendan. Um, and we will discuss that a little bit. Um, week one was a very high-scoring week. Uh, we are in year three, I believe, of this scoring system. Um, and the average score for the, each team, like overall last week, was 187 points. Um, that is the second highest scoring week in the last three years. So just in general, very big week. Uh, the only week higher than that was week two last year um, at 190 point average for the week. These numbers will come down back to normal. Um, they'll be in like the 170s. Um, they're usually like that low to mid 170s by the end of the year. Um, but it is fun to see all these points early. Um, quick reviews on last week. Kobe versus Jim, um, big time crush. Kobe's uh, team did not show up here. The Packers didn't show up. Um, obviously, he kind of goes as they go. He only had two guys on offense over 10, nobody with more than 12. You know, that's that's a recipe for disaster for him. But uh, Kobe's team, a.k.a. the Packers, they have Detroit in uh, week two, so expect a big bounce back there for him. Mike versus Brendan, like I said, my upset of the week. Uh, this one was never really close. Mike, Mike just kind of trashed him here. Um, when I was looking through lineups last week, I saw that Brendan wasn't starting Antonio Brown, and I think at that time he had Curtis Samuel in his lineup. And Curtis Samuel had been injured forever it just kind of set a tone with me with Brendan that I just couldn't really shake which is why I picked Mike in that game uh, then for Mike you know he kind of had his potentially maybe his best week of the year you know he could be for real this could be who he is you know his top four wide receivers of Amari Robert Woods um, Terry McLaurin and then Will Fuller they all have some high variants you know but they can all explode um, but there's some since I've written these notes really there's some some weird stuff coming on on Will Fuller he's already been ruled out this week um, his coach wouldn't confirm that he would be back this season, uh, some kind of a personal issue. So they're paying him $10 million guaranteed. So I would imagine they're going to want some return on that investment, but who knows? Uh, got to love the workload for Gibson. He's got most of the pass work over um, JD McKissick. What last night we kind of saw JD get his feet back under him a little bit. He, uh, I benched him in another league and son of a gun, but what can you do? Um, Mike's defense came to play as well. Um, and then for Brendan, you know, he got 30 points between Josh Allen, Calvin, and Julio. So what do you expect him to have? I, I think uh, 152 will probably be close to his season low. Um, his efficiency last week was 63.7. Um, I think this is going to be a wake-up call for Brendan. Got to do that research. Got to get these start sits rolling. Um, he's got to get off the schneid here. Uh, this was my lock of the week. The next game here, Corey versus Jeff, but it was so close. It was on stat correction alert, you know, up until yesterday morning. So, uh, Corey, like many people predicted, or like my model predicted, um, he was not the uh, the doormat that we kind of have seen him be the last few years here. We're finally starting to see some of that trusted process bring out some fantasy points. Um, his 96.5 points on defense made him the highest scoring IDP team in the league uh, this week or this week, which is pretty impressive. 
Um, no way he's going to maintain that over the course of the year, just that, that point total. I mean, it is possible that he ends up being the highest scoring unit. I, do, I don't think it's likely, but it is possible. But maintaining 96 points per game would be incredible. Um, Rojo and Ayuk were definitely a difference in this game, you know, getting negative, negative 0.3 from those two, you know, and then losing the game by two and a half points, you know, classic Rojo, he fumbles, never gets to see the field again. Ayuk gets benched. Um, I've been talking to Corey a little bit about this. This is Dante Pettis all over again. Uh, this, you know, Dante Pettis has a good rookie year, just like Ayuk did highly touted in all fantasy football circles. You know, those of you who are fantasy footballers, both of these guys ended up being my guys coming into their second season. Both of them get unexpectedly benched. You know, no, uh, none of the guys covering the team. Nobody had any idea this was coming exactly like it was with Pettis. Um, to me, Ayuk is a major sell in Dynasty Leagues. Um, I would be getting out while I can. Mike, or Mike, excuse me. Kyle Shanahan, very spiteful guy. Um, he is not somebody you want to be on the negative side of. So um, for Corey, though, second lowest scoring off, or offensive scoring of the week. There's not a ton on his bench, really, to pull up for points. Um, but he's got to find a way to get that offense at least into the 90s to be competitive going forward. And then for Jeff, Jamin Davis got benched. Um, I guess I was wrong on him. He only played 56% of the snaps. But his team played pretty well. You know, Jeff scored 178. Um, he only did get uh, 13 there from Devontae Adams and Tyler Boyd. I, I expect that to be probably closer to 25-30 on average. So um, he was able to get the win. And at the end of the day, that's really all that matters here. Sam versus Kellen. Um, Sam absolutely nails the Eli Mitchell pick. Um, he may well have, you know, uh, running back two on his team now the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I don't know how that's going to play out. We'll see. I think this week will be very telling. But uh, Elijah Mitchell looked good last week. Um, he definitely should have still traded Alexander Madison versus cutting him. But, I mean, how can you really knock the pick um, at this point? Poor, a very poor efficiency week here from Sam. He's one of three HFFL teams to be sub-70% in their efficiency. That's... Uh, pretty brutal. Um, hopefully we can get that turned around for these guys. Um, and his defense was epically bad, which is pretty much the opposite of what my model said. You know, the league average last week was 78 points and Sam scored 42. Uh, so that's uh, something he's going to have to really work on. I'm, I'm assuming it was just a down week. You know, he's got good defensive players, but, but we'll see. I'm um, then for Kellen. Um, I'm not going to break down his team. I'm just going to say this, you know, I, I kind of hit the brother-in-law jackpot here with Brennan and Kellen. They both have the exact same interests as me. You know, I love them both to death. But, uh, Kellen, you can go fuck yourself with this uh, Najee Harris on Taxi Squad shit. Now you got Jamar and Chase Claypool on there, too. This is bullshit. You know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. The league knows what you're doing. Get these guys off your Taxi Squad. Stop trying to mess around with your potential points and your draft pick and all this shit. You won. You scored 189 points. Dak's not going to let you be a bad team. Hawkinson's not going to let you be a bad team. Just stop fucking around. Get these dudes in there and go after the playoffs. You Just stop. All right. Ryan versus Scott. Ryan's feeling real good after this matchup. You know, Scott was a big heavy favorite coming in. You know, the entire league except for Walt picked Scott, you know, including Ryan. Ryan picking against himself here. So, you know, but Ryan reminded us that uh, with Christian McCaffrey, he's a legitimate contender. Uh, losing Mostert's going to crush him, obviously, but Aguilar can jump in. He can take that spot. Um, and then Ryan, you know, has third highest offensive and defensive score of the week. So he's definitely a title contender if he can stay healthy. And for Scott, obviously, no need to panic. Scores 2-12 and loses. You know, it's just luck of the draw sometimes. Julian versus Rich. Julian almost pulled an upset here, um, but Derrick Henry and Mike Evans just let him down. Julian doesn't have a whole lot of upside um, if, when those two have bad weeks, so this is kind of just what happened to him here. If they don't blow up or even have 
you know, 20 from Henry, 15 from Evans, you know, he's going to have a tough time winning. Rich had an absolutely awful week from Matt Ryan and Zeke, getting 13 points between them. You know, he got lucky here, but Rich is a legitimate team. I, I think Rich is as close to a playoff lock, you know, in all teams outside of Scott. So, you know, he's, he's a really good team. Uh, Walt versus Corey. Walt kind of is what he is. He's an average team, average roster, average size. Yeah. But he loves to talk about his girth. Huh. He's going to need some more from Lamar, though. And uh, Trey Sermon really needs to step up, seize that opportunity. Um, but this week, uh, pay attention there, Walt. Sermon was ruled inactive at 11.30 on Sunday. you got to get that lineup switched up. There's no reason that dude should have been in your roster. Obviously, it didn't matter because Corey, with his 97.5 efficiency, took a zero at tight end, still crushed you, still the highest-scoring team on the week. Unreal from uh, the new Greg. Absolutely huge win there for him. Um, we will go over playoff position every week, um, probably starting week three or four or five, somewhere a little bit later. But I do like to point out the draft capital, especially this year because there is a a lot of picks have changed hands, so it's always cool to see these. Uh, so the current top five, Kobe's pick is 1.01. That's owned by Julian. Julian's own pick is 1.02. Corey's pick, owned by Brendan, is 1.03. Walt's pick, owned by Julian, is 1.04. So at the moment, Julian has three of the top four. He'll love that. And then Jeff, at the moment, is actually in the driver's seat for 1.05. So interesting. Um, you know, that's Jeff got the win, but was the fifth lowest potential points team on the week. So just interesting. All right, weekly fab review, my favorite ad of the week. Uh, for $1 to Kellen was Derek Brown. Um, I love a defensive tackle that can get after the quarterback. You know, it's a great value for a dollar. Uh, my least favorite and my biggest overspend are going to be in the same category this week. That's Jermaine Pratt for 11 to Walt. I absolutely hate the player, and he only played 45% of snaps. Um, I know he had a big week, uh, but uh, that's not going to keep – he's not going to be able to keep that up at 45% of snaps. Uh, biggest value to me is Jim Echol Hasty to Ryan for 5 you never know. I mean, he, he could be the guy. They could bench Elijah Mitchell. They could keep Trey Sermon off the field, and all of a sudden, he's the guy. Or maybe Jeff Wilson comes back, and Jeff Wilson's the guy. Who knows? Maybe they don't have a guy. Maybe they do what Baltimore says they're going to do, and they go with 10 different guys. But either way, I love taking the shot there uh, by Ryan. I think he beat me by a couple couple bucks there. I was a little too cheap. All right, week one matchups. Julian versus Jim. Uh, Julian looks to rebound, but as of right now, he has two tight ends in his lineup, and it's not Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Um, ouch is all I'm going to say there. Um, he should get dusted here. Ryan versus Mike. A pair of teams riding high off of big uh, underdog weeks. A pair of PE teachers. A pair of high school football coaches. Man, these two sure do have a lot in common, huh? Think about it. Gotta think about it. The question is, who's the better armchair quarterback, right? Real question is, who's the better flag football quarterback? We are going to find out next summer. Be there or be square. But for now, Ryan's going to take this week. CMC is better than um, Antonio Gibson and James Robinson combined. I think Ryan's going to win this one. Scott versus Corey. This is my game of the week. Corey needs to assert that dominance in the uh, battle of the alter egos here. My money is on Scott, though. Scott's going to win this one. Corey versus Brendan. Both of these teams looking to rebound, avoid that dreaded 0-2 start. Um, I think Brendan gets that efficiency under control. He reminds everybody why he was a preseason favorite. Um, and then Corey has to figure his team out. You know, these offensive woes, gotta go, he's got to do something here. Now, this is a very tough matchup for him. I think Brendan's going to go ahead and win here. Uh, Sam versus Jeff. Who do you think scored more potential points last week? If you're paying attention, you know this answer. But uh, conventional wisdom obviously says this is Jeff. You know, Sam had a pretty rough year last year. Um, but no, it was actually Jeff lower on the potential points totem pole. So 
for Sam, you know, he's got Elijah Mitchell like we talked about. Who knows what happens here? You know, I expect him to have like a 12-touch floor probably this week. Um, and I do think he has some pretty good upside. Um, A.J. Brown going to rebound. His defense has to be better than last week. You know, it's going to be a very tough matchup here for Jeff if Sam is able to rebound on defense especially. Um, Jeff obviously needs a little bounce back of his own, uh, but he's got some fantastic matchups. Um, I think Jeff's going to get close to 200, maybe even crack 200 this week, and Jeff's going to win. Um, he is my lock of the week. For the next matchup, we have Kobe versus Kellen. Uh, Kellen is going to fix that taxi squad bullshit, and Matt is looking for a little bounce back with the horrific week one that he had. Um, this one's going to be closer than you think. I really want to pick Matt, um, but assuming Kellen doesn't do something stupid and leave these guys on uh, taxi squad, I think he's going to be able to edge Kobe out here. And then the last matchup, Walt versus Rich. Uh, Walt is all in. You know, I love that he's all in. Uh, he has traded pretty much every asset he has to go for it and win and try to be a good team. Um, but his team's just not really very good right now, and it's not very deep. Um, I think if he can somehow get himself to 185, he can win or have a really good shot at winning against Rich. Um, but I think Rich is going to be tough. You know, I expect Rich to be in the mid-170s, you know, with that potential for more with those running backs, you know, and Rich has really good matchups. But you have to pick one, right? You got to pick an upset. So come on, Walt, baby love. Lamar's got to go nuts to keep up with uh, Patrick Mahomes there on Sunday Night Football. So I'm going to say Lamar has a monster game, and Walt steals a dub here in my upset of the week. Come on, Walt, baby love. Don't let me down. All right, guys, uh, that's it for me. Like I said, next up we're going to have Rich. He's got a little segment. And then Walt Baby Love is going to take us home. All right, have a good one, fellas. Hey, fellas. Welcome to my segment. I'm going to be calling my segment this year Third String Monday Morning Quarterback. It's a segment where I give you guys three of my hottest takes using my superpower, hindsight. Um, I know you guys are going to look forward to this every week because I may break some of your feelings, hurt some of your hearts. I know I got that mixed up, but deal with it. So we'll jump right into it. My first takeaway this year is the uh, rule change that we have for the HFFL. That is the increased flexibility. Start one running back, start one wide receiver. It's fucking the Wild West. So who cares, right? Sorry, guys. I'm a bottle of wine in tonight plus a couple of beers. Hold on one minute. Okay. So the roster changes, the flexibility. Um, this has a, a, a big impact I don't think we thought about, and that's uh, potential points. So um, this year, week one, 12 out of the 14 teams had a potential points over 200 points. Uh, in uh, looking at last year, seven of the 14 teams only crossed that threshold of 200 points. Um, I think you may say a little bit of this parody, but I mean, you have to admit, majority of that is this increased roster flexibility, people's running backs, people's bench players are significantly impacting the potential points, which is obviously going to set our draft order. And draft order, uh, you know, 
uh, it's kind of important, kind of a little bit of an important thing. So uh, if you're looking to secure that first pick, <coughs> Kobe, um, you might want to sell some of your uh, some of your talent there. You might want to sell some of your draft, get that shit uh, get that shit locked up. So um, I, I don't think that's really anything anybody thought about before we increase this flexibility, but um, it's definitely going to make an impact. So takeaway two, my take uh, on an NFL player, um, Antonio Brown. Um, last week, Antonio Brown had five catches on seven targets, 121 yards, one touchdown, and a rush. Um, so that rush tells me they're trying to get him the ball. Um, so does seven targets. Seven targets tells me that Tom Brady is very comfortable with A.B. Um, it tells me that he's not only relying on Evans and Godwin and Gronk anymore. I mean, trust me, there's tons of talent there. But I don't, I don't really see... Uh, you know, somebody who's just going to, let's say, stand out. But I really do think A.B. is going to be a big contributor in Tampa Bay this year, and I think that could be trouble for a lot of people. Um, so um, that offense just keeps getting scarier, and A.B. is a big part of that. Um, I think there's a really good chance that A.B. kind of overtakes one of those other three options and, and possibly becomes a top-20 wide receiver. Um, it was the Cowboys' defense, so we're not going to get carried away with that, but – you know, we'll see. We'll see. I was really impressed with AB's performance in the first week of the season. So, all right, my takeaway three. Um, I refer. You know, I know his. I know his team name is Running Backs Matter, but uh, we'll call him the FNG here because uh, that's also what I call the fucking new guy. Uh, he got himself a little bit of rookie luck this week, uh, and uh, I tell you what, um, little tip of the cap to Greg there. Um, not starting a tight end, uh, but uh, you know, his team showed up. Um, even without a tight end, he scored 149 points. Uh, he made Walt Baby love his little gimp boy. Um, I'm hoping he uh, takes the ball gag out of his mouth, let him do a segment this week, because let me tell you what, uh, the Walt Baby love is entertaining. Um, on my heat chart, I did have the new guy at uh, seven-game seven game winner. Uh, I don't think I'm ready to come off of that yet. Um, as impressive as it was last week, he uh, lacks depth of the running back and wide receiver, his roster efficiency was 97% last week, um, and his bench points were about middle of the road. But what is encouraging is guys kind of living up to their billing, right? Corey Davis finally after, I don't know how many seasons, it feels like forever, but it's probably like four or five seasons. DeAndre Swift after his rookie year uh, finally showing up and, 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 and being productive, uh, as dreadful as that line's offense is. Um, I'm going to let this settle for a week or two. I'm not ready to come off of my seven wins just because he, he really, Corey doesn't really have a ton of depth there. But uh, I do think that it was impressive. It was a definitely week one impressive showing, and uh, we'll have to wait and see. So um, that's uh, all I had for me this week in the um, hot take city. Uh, you know, the third string Monday morning quarterback because, uh, yeah, you guys have a great day. And, um Enjoy your football Sunday. I'll catch you guys later.
Yeah, what is happening, my brothers from other mothers? This is your host with the most Walt Baby Love coming. Yeah, at you with the HFFL Week 2 Fantasy Picks. Before we get to the picks, I want to reflect on Walt Baby Love's picks from Week 1. On my game picks, I was 2 and 1. Not bad for coming into it half chub. The team that made me eat shit and live this past week was the Grammaticas. The Grammaticas had strong performances from Russell Wilson and Amari Cooper, as well as points across the board from the Grammaticas D. Yeah. Please, Mike, don't let all of this go to your dome. Don't let it grow any bigger, or you'll be borrowing hats from me. Just saying. Walt Baby Love did nail. Yeah. Their Walk Baby Love Upset Special of the Week and the Lockstock Smoking Barrel Picks of the Week last week. Walk Baby Love Stud and Dud's picks from last week was less than perfect. However, Baby Love knows a little thing or two about the D. Yeah, with picking the defensive stud in Devin Bush and the dud in Jalen Brown. On the offensive side, King Henry was limp and Melvin Gordon came swinging it hard and bent Baby Love over the bell and showed him the 50 states. Well, now that I have finally recovered from the long stroking and poking I received, it's time to get to Walt Baby Love's Week 2 HFFL Picks. This week's Game of the Week will be between two unbeaten teams in the Jonesboro Jedi and the Assistomatica Grammaticas. Both of these teams climaxed yeah, to over 200 fantasy points last week. Each team has taken a different offensive strategy to the table with the Jedi's one running back and four wide receiver set and the Grammatica's more classic two running back and three wide receiver set. Both teams had solid foreplay from their D, yeah, last week and are poised to have another strong performance this week. I see a lot of back and forth, like Baby Love's hips on a Friday night between the sheets. Yeah, in this matchup. This matchup can lean either way. There is favorable matchups on both sides for all players. The performance from an offensive dud, however, on the Jedi squad in one boy, Adam Thielen, will be detrimental in this matchup. But, yeah... There needs to be a winner, and that winner will be the Grammaticas. The Grammaticas win. In the Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels pick of the week, this will come from the Kid and the Trash, Trunk, Get Drunk matchup. The Kid will have strong QB play from Sherbert, and some noise will be made by his D as well. Yeah but it will not be enough to handle Trash Trunk Squad with this week's offensive stud of the week, Devontae Adams. Devontae faces a depleted pussy. Yeah, Cats secondary after coming off one of the worst performances by the Packers in years. Oh, no. Now you add that to the Packers playing the Kitty Cats on Monday night in primetime, and this spells trouble for the Kitty Cats and the Kid. 
And what baby loves, lock, stock, and smoking barrels, pick of the week, the trash trunk, get drunk, win. The WBL, Walk Baby Love, upset special of the week is going to come from the matchup between the Shade and the Roll Tide. You all know where this is going, right? The Roll Tide is coming off a close win and the Shade is coming off an embarrassing loss. The Shade will get huge. Yeah, play from Action Jackson getting double DTDs. Yeah, with Hollywood Brown. Fournette's going to have a turnaround week. There'll be solid play from Smith, Gronk, as well as another huge, yeah, game from this week's Walt Baby Loves Defensive Stud of the Week and Max, Mad Max Crosby. The shade will prove to be too stout for Roll Tide and his Offensive Dud of the Week and Zeke Elliott. And Walt Baby Loves Upset Special of the Week, The Shade Will Win. The offense, or excuse me, the defensive dud this week is not going to come from one of the matchups that WBL chooses. It's actually going to be coming from the Kamar adds 10 pounds. Tracy Walker will be exposed as Aaron Rodgers will come back to life against a depleted Pussycat secondary on Monday night in prime time. Ouch, baby, ouch. The defensive dud of the week is Tracy Walker. As always, it was a great honor. And as always, stay cool, stay classy, stay sexy, and love, peace, and chicken grease, my brothers. Yeah.